welcome, and welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, JT, with the Friday Joy, Merrimack, New Hampshire, Kuma, and the Pro Football Radio Senior Contributor, Eric Burge, with the Burge. Fellas, welcome in. Happy New Year's. How are y'all? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. I read something about uh, about Andy Cohen trying to get uh, Anderson Cooper yeah, to go drop acid. acid? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what yes. the heck? <laughs> it's like, where is the camera crew? Where is the apartment? We need this now. <laughs> I don't care because uh, a, a Vanderbilt family member is job. I don't care. <laughs> this is high water mark of 2020. Let's go. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like the second midnight hit and it's like 2021, you get all these like people on social media posting about how it's new year, new me, you know, this resolution, right. I'm going to do this this year. And I'm thinking to myself, you fucking idiots. Like if you're this person today, the calendar changing is not going to change who you are. You're still going to be a shit person tomorrow. <laughs> no shit. And I'll say this much, like, and I, I bet like you guys also agree too. Like watching the New Year special, like we're in our lifetime, we're never going to see Times Square that empty, right. that quiet, where they essentially had to base pumping crowd noise to mm-hmm. have it sound like people were hyped up for the ball to drop. Like, I mean, really, I have to watch Mayor De Blasio dance because there's nobody <laughs> in the crowd. Like, but we're we're never going to see that again in our lifetime. Let's just yeah. hope uh, this time next year, man, that we're in yeah. good shape because well, I, I think- can't do another one. I think people like underestimate 2020 ending and 2021 is going to be better. Like I, I don't see this being that much better. Yeah, right. there's hope and it's getting better, but what we really should be looking forward to is 2022. I feel like that's when things are going to be back to normal. Um, but I guess at this point, with everything that's gone on, any little any little thing that helps yeah. our mental state helps, the right? Bar so take, yeah. The bar is so low. Yeah. The bar is so low. I'll take yeah. any kind of improvement I can get. Yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, the one thing we're all thankful for um, is the NFL. They've somehow charged on through 17 weeks. And, you know, obviously we can nitpick about their decision here and there. But, you know, we're thankful that they actually got through 17 weeks. So they're going to get through 17 weeks and start the playoffs uh, in about uh, seven, I'm sorry, eight days from now. So uh, to give you guys a quick rundown of the podcast, Podcast 74 is going to consist us consist of essentially walking through the playoff picture. And then from there, we're going to preview three games for you guys. It's going to be Dallas versus New York. Uh, Pittsburgh versus Cleveland and Washington versus Philadelphia. Um, so, without any further ado, you guys ready? Let's roll. Yes, sir. All right. So, the playoff picture, the way it stands right now in the AFC, we've got the number one seed essentially locked up for the Chiefs at 14 and 1. Um, they've clinched home field advantage, um, and uh, Patrick Holmes is not even playing this, uh, this week. At the number two seed, you got the Bills at 12 and 3. They've clinched the AFC East, and they own the head to head lead tiebreaker over C- uh, the Steelers. At number three, uh, you got the Steelers at 12 and 3. Uh, they've clinched the AFC North. At number four, 10 and 5, the uh, Tennessee Titans, who own the division record tiebreaker over Indianapolis. Uh, number five seed right now, you got the Dolphins at 10 and 5. They own the tiebreaker advantage over the other 10 and 5 teams. Number six, you got the Ravens at 10 and 5. And then number seven, last spot, the Browns at 10 and 5. They are still alive. Um, essentially, if they win this week, they're in against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then the outside looking in, you've got the 10 and 5 Colts. 
um, they uh, they can uh, play their way in, in there into the uh, playoffs this week as well. On the NFC side, you've got the uh, number one seed Packers, twelve and three. Uh, they got a clear path to home field advantage. Uh, the number two seed, you've got the Saints at eleven and four. They clinched the NFC South. Number three, you got the Seahawks, eleven and four. They clinched the NFC West. Uh, Washington right now has that number four seed at six and nine, but there's still a lot to be uh, essentially hashed out on the NFC. So we'll get into that in a second. Um, number five, so you got the Buccaneers at ten and five. They got their uh, they clinched their first wild card berth in two thousand seven. Number six, you've got the Rams at nine and six, uh, and the seven seed right now the Bears own it at eight and seven because they own the tiebreaker over Arizona. Outside looking in, you got the Cardinals at eight and seven who need to beat the Rams uh, and have the Bears to and need the Bears to lose to earn the final wild, wild card spot. And then finally, you've got the Cowboys and Giants still in it um, for the NFC East. So, <laughs> with that being said, that's that's a lot to get through. But what were you, uh, what are you guys looking for the most? Like, what's uh, what's some of the key matchups that you guys are looking for this uh, this uh, this week, man? I mean, I'm personally I mean, looking forward to seeing how this dumpster fire of an NFC East turns out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, seeing these uh, these records, are we going to get a six and ten uh, record team in the playoffs to just to get smoked uh, in uh, the first round? Uh, it's just it's great TV to see that a division is this bad and a team with a record as bad as the Patriots could be in the playoffs winning their yeah. division. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just to piggyback off that. I'm really just keeping an eye out for the NFC East. I I personally think Washington is is going to wrap up that division based on the injuries that the Eagles have, and we'll get to that in our, our game breakdown. But I mean, e- even during the Buccaneers uh, Lions game last week, where Tom Brady just aired it out, filled the stat sheet, and, and rightfully so. I mean, it, you you should fill the stat sheet against uh, against that defense for the Detroit Lions. Um, but it, we, we saw this uh, a little bit where this offense for the Buccaneers can get rattled a bit uh, when facing uh, pressure up front. And I, I think Washington would be able to generate that kind of pressure if the playoffs were to start today. It would be Tampa going up to FedEx Field uh, in Maryland to play. And I tweeted this during the game. I, I think Washington might surprise some people and maybe win that game just based on the defense for Washington. So. I'm hoping Washington wins. I kind of want that matchup and uh, and go from there. Yeah, listen, that's that's all that's all great, and we'll get all to those uh, to those games in a second. But I think that the bigger question I want to I ask you guys is: is this NFC East uh, situation, which for some reason it bugs me quite a bit that a team that bad is going to get in, and I don't know if there's any way around that. I don't know if the NFL is actually going to change a rule where you know a team that's under 500, even if they win the division, gets into the playoffs. I don't know if that's something that's feasible. Um, but what's your thoughts on having a team that bad? I mean, the whole NFC East is dumpster fire, right? I mean, there, there's a six a, six and nine team right now. I mean, six and ten could win this. Uh, seven and nine is probably going to win this. So, what's your thoughts on essentially moving forward? And if the NFL is actually going to try to do something about this, we're going to leave it as is. I think they're just going to leave it as is. I mean, this isn't the fir- this isn't the first time we've seen something like this. I know uh, the Carolina Panthers; they weren't below 500, but they were pretty goddamn close. And there was a year prior to that as well, too, where there was uh, a, a suboptimal, let's just say, uh, division winner. We almost saw this last year with the NFC East. Unless they're going to just realign the whole division or divisions, I should say, or just change the format, which I don't think they're going to do. You know, it's it's going to be – this is what we're going to have to deal with from time to time of playoffs below 500 uh, getting in the, in, into the, the big games or teams below 500 getting into the playoffs, I should say. No, I, I agree with you there. I think they're going to leave leave it the same. And, you know, 
if you're gonna try to make a rule to keep like a bad record like that out despite winning their divisions you might as well get rid of the divisions altogether right um, just turn to the nba you, you know you have your your goal is to win your division when you're in the regular season that's the first step you want to win your division to get into the playoffs and if your division sucks that's not necessarily that team's fault i mean it just the way it is we, we like you said puma we see this from time to time it seems like almost every year there's a there's one division that is just far below the rest in terms of you know deciding the top team in that division and you know i personally like it i, I mean it'd be a great story if the team that bad goes on a deep run and gets to the super bowl i think it'd be a great story it just shows that you just got to play to get in the playoffs and then anything can happen i mean yeah. we saw that i think that other team it was the seahawks yeah, they were the facing saints. The, the saints yeah. and you know, they, they everyone was saying, uh, and we didn't have a podcast then, but I bet if we had a microphone in front of our face then, we would have said the same thing. Like, this team doesn't belong in the playoffs. And, and they ran roughshod on the Saints. So, you know, teams that win the division below 500 records are pretty close to it. They, I think they have, like, a, they're 2-0 and or 3-0 and in the first round of the division. Like, that's kind of what makes the playoffs the playoffs is once you get into the dance – you have a shot at you know going on a deep run and, and possibly making it to the Super Bowl. Any anything can happen in the playoffs. You got to get mm-hmm. through your division. You, you play them six times mm-hmm. throughout the season, and you get through your division. That's enough to get to the playoffs, in my in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to the game previews and let's start with the NFC East. The one uh, one p.m. slot. You got the Dallas Cowboys at six and nine taking on the New York Giants at five and ten. And essentially, whoever wins this game. And you know where wins this? Let's say let's say uh, Washington loses loses to Philadelphia at eight twenty p.m. Uh, on Sunday night. The winner of this game will get into the playoffs. So with that being said, Puma, who do you got win this game? I kind of like the Giants in this game. I just like the defense uh, a bit more than uh, than the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they were coming. The Cowboys are coming off of a, a thirty-seven to seventeen drubbing of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles that ended the Eagles' playoff chances. Andy Dalton twenty-two of thirty, three hundred seventy-seven yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Zeke had one hundred and five yards while pushing through a calf injury. But uh, this this defense for for the uh, the New York Giants, I think is going to kind of carry them through the day. Uh, the Dallas defense, they have been playing better as of late, uh, but overall in the season, they're 11th against the rush, 16th against the pass, 13th uh, in total defense. Uh, but I, I going up to to MetLife, it's going to be like today in New England, which is cold and dreary mm-hmm. and, and somewhat miserable. I, I kind of like the Giants in this game. But the issue and the big wild card for the Giants' side of the football is is Daniel Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. He hasn't looked the same coming off of the ankle injury slash hamstring issue. He tried to push through it with the Arizona Cardinals game a few weeks ago, and he, he just looked he, – he couldn't he couldn't do what played to his strength, which is be mobile, move, him up, move in the pocket, and, and, and go from there. And he even came out earlier this week saying that he's going to be in the pocket until he feels uh, 100% uh, with his hamstring and his ankle. Uh, so that's going to be you know, a little bit of a ball-hawking opportunity for this uh, resurgent Dallas Cowboy defense. But I think the Giants are going to lean on the run. I think you're going to see more of Alfred Morris and, uh, and Wayne Gallman uh, in this game, keeping it on the ground, maybe getting Evan Ingram involved with some uh, tight end screens, have him line up wide. But... Uh, Giants are one and a half point dogs uh, at the moment. The over under is at 44 and a half. I like the Giants. I, I kind of like the over a little bit in this game, but not by much. Bro, what you got? 
No, I'm right there with you, Puma. I, I like the Giants in this game as well. I like the, what they bring on the defensive side of the ball, and you're kind of echoing like all my thoughts on this game. You know, the wild card uh, is going to be Daniel Jones. How is he going to look? How's that hamstring going to feel uh, going Sunday afternoon? And um, you know, Dallas's defense, you know, has had its difficulty with the with the run this year too. Uh, I like that. Wayne Gallman and Alfred Morris are going to be out there running the ball. You know, they're not going to try to put Daniel Jones in any situation where he's going to have to, you know, test that hamstring out. They're going to try to protect him as much as possible. And, you know, despite the run, uh, the last uh, three games that the, the Cowboys have had, um, I just, I don't have any faith in, in, in Andy Dalton and, um, you know, Mike McCarthy to get it done, especially against a good defense. Um, yeah, I like the Giants in this one. Give them to me. Yeah, so I see it the other way around, man. I think the Cowboys are going to win this game. And, and you know, I, I totally understand what you guys are saying about the Cowboys' defense looking absolutely horrid. Um, you know, it's one of those things where if they get into the playoffs and they matched up with, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's going to be pretty brutal what Tom Brady's going to do to that defense because they can't get any pressure on him at all. But the, the wild card, like you guys mentioned, is Daniel Jones. And I have little to no respect for Daniel Jones. Um, <laughs> the fact that he's hurt is probably going to negate some of his running ability. And if you force the guy to stay in the pocket, he is known to make critical um, uh, you know, turnovers, especially with the fumbles. He seems to not have an internal clock where um, you know uh, the linemen are coming, uh, defensive line people are coming and trying to get the ball out of his hands. He seems to hold on to the ball to way too long. And if he's not you know, at 100% and he's hobbled, then he's not going to be able to get out of the pocket. So the way I see it is the Cowboys offense has been looking good the last three weeks. They've been uh, putting up some points. Um, obviously, the Eagles aren't the best, but I, I just I think trending wise, I think the Cowboys are trending better than the Giants at this moment. And I'll take Andy Dalton and the Cowboys to win this game. And and the way I see it, and this is a little bit of a preview down the road, I think Washington is going to lose to Philadelphia, even though Philadelphia is ravaged. And I think somehow the Cowboys sneak in, which is going to be a hell of a story with the Cowboys getting in at what is it going to be like six, uh, seven, and nine. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Absolutely. Yeah, I just can't wait to see Skip Bayless trying to do everybody. Oh, my God. The only, <laughs> only time I see that is when you send it to me, Jay, because I, I refuse to follow the guy anymore. So I don't I don't need his bullshit on my timeline. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. No, you, you, I, me. I don't need I, Skip. Listen, I, most of America hates Skip Bayless, but I, but I like him. I have no issues with him, but... That those those dancing moves, those are those are cringeworthy. I'm like, oh yikes, I, I I can't watch this, man. So that's why whenever it happens, I send it to everybody I know just to see what their reaction is. <laughs> it's like if I've gotta see this, then you gotta see this as well, okay? <laughs> you know, but you choose. You choose to see it, Jay. You don't have to you don't yeah, have but, to watch it. Yeah, I mean it's cringe, but for me it's like all right, whatever. I mean, I like the guy, so for me it's not that big of an issue. So it's like all right, it's two seconds of a bad cringe Instagram and then I just send it to people I know. <laughs> yeah, you should tell him to crawl back under the bridge there, Puma, because you know he's trying to get under your skin with that. Yeah, no shit. No what? shit. What that I like Skip Bayless? What's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know Puma hates him. <laughs> well, so what? I mean it's, it's, Puma hates a lot of things that I like. It is what yeah. it is. I don't get all offended. Yes. Well, welcome to our relationship, bro. Just yeah. Great. yeah. Old men, but we're not old yet. <laughs> Getting there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to the second game we're going to preview for you guys. We've got the Miles Garrett versus Mason oh, Rudolph Mason. part two. Ding ding matchup this week. We've got the twelve and three Pittsburgh Steelers uh, facing off against the Cleveland Browns at ten and five, one p.m. on Sunday. Um, and it's very simple for the Browns. If they win, they're in. If they lose, they're probably out. They are out. Um, and on top of that, the main uh, factor here is 
because Ben Roethlisberger is getting a bye week. He's not going to be playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So with all that being said, Puma, he got to win this game. I have Cleveland winning this game, and it's not even just you know Big Ben getting the rest. Marquise Pouncey's going to be sitting. Uh, T.J. Watt's going to be sitting. Cam Hayward's going to be sitting. And you know a lot of people were saying on social media, well, why isn't Joe Hayden sitting? Like they are going to rotate people in and out of this lineup uh, on Sunday to get people <clears throat> the adequate rest. And let's be honest, Big Ben uh, it probably deserves the rest at this point to to go into the playoffs and play on Wild Card Weekend. Uh, they, they already locked up the, A, the AFC North. They have nothing to play for. Cleveland, they should have the whole band back together. Yep. Last week, they, they went up against the Jets and basically had zero wide receivers uh, that were normal starters because of uh, close contract uh, contact tracing uh, for, uh, I believe it was a player that tested co- positive for COVID. Uh, but Jarvis Landry should be back. Uh, Higgins should be back. And uh, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones should be back as well, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a must-win must win game. And I think uh, Cleveland is going to rise up to the occasion. They're going to make the playoffs for the first time in, like, 20-plus years. I like what Kevin Stefanski has done. And uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of Nick Chubb and, um, and Kareem Hunt on the ground, especially if they start resting starters as the game goes on. Um, give me Cleveland to win outright. I d- the spread right now is Cleveland minus nine and a half points. I think wow. Cleveland wins, but I think Pittsburgh covers. I th- the backdoor mm-hmm. cover is wide open at this point. So if you're going to bet this game, I kind of lean a little bit more towards Pittsburgh, but I'm not touching this game personally. Yeah. And before you go, Burge, let me throw a little stat out there. Just three, was it three years ago is when the Browns went 0-16, right? Yep. And now they're in a position to potentially clinch their first playoff appearance in 18 years. So it just goes to show you just the swings of emotion that are happening in Cleveland right now. Um, I wanted to throw that out there before you went, Bird. So go for it. Yeah, no, no problem. Um, you know, I, I, I like Cleveland to win this game, too. They're actually playing for something here. They're going to have all their receivers back and you know, checking their injury report. Didn't look like they were losing really anybody huge um, in this game. And then the fact that that Roethlisberger's not playing, Pouncey's not playing, um, you know, looks like um, Deontay Johnson has an illness, didn't practice uh, today either. So, that you know, that's another piece there. They're probably not going to push anybody. Um but at the same time, it's not going to surprise me if Mason Rudolph is able mm-hmm. to lead them to win this game just because the Browns are the Browns. So I like Pitt, I like Cleveland to win the game because, like I said, they're playing for something. They're playing for their season. Um, but like Puma, if I was going to bet this game, I'm taking the Steelers uh, plus the points, the nine points. Yeah. And listen, Cleveland had a chance to uh, essentially get their ticket punched to the playoffs, but they blew um, a game against the Jets. And obviously we understand that uh, there, was, there was no wide receivers out there for, for the Browns because of COVID-19 protocols. Mm-hmm. But let's not, you know, bend the truth here. They were still in a position to win the game at the end. Yep. You know, at the end of the day, they lost that game not because they didn't have wide receivers to throw to. They lost that game because Baker Mayfield fumbled with the game on the line on the last yep. drive. So that's something to take into account. Now, I do think, I do think Cleveland, go ahead. Real quick, just I was just going to say, like, I know Baker fumbled, but yeah. some of that's also on Stefanski. You have no wide receivers out there, and you have Baker throwing the ball 52 times. Yeah. 
But listen, that's, I mean, that's uh, but, th- but that's one of the knocks on Baker Mayfield. It seems like he needs everything to be perfect for him to succeed. He's got to have the run game, you know, to, to a T, providing him five yards per run, and they got to have 100 yards, and the wide receiver's got to be there. Like, it's not going to be always like that, right? You're going to have to essentially carry the team at some point, and, and it seems like he, he can't at the moment. So, so we'll see how it pans out. But now I do think Cleveland is going to win this game. They're going to rise to the occasion, and I do think they're going to win just because Big Ben's not playing. I don't have much faith in Mason Rudolph. Um, if I had to guess it's gonna be a little chippy between mason rudolph and miles garrett i, I want to see obviously you know miles garrett is going to be under a microscope he's not gonna be able to go out there and, and do something you know maliciously bad but i want to see what kind of extra gusto he puts on some of those tackles um on mason rudolph if he gets to the backfield but listen i think cleveland's gonna win this game i think they're gonna come out they're gonna run the ball effectively they have the wide receivers back they're gonna do a lot of play action like they normally do uh, with baker and i do think they're gonna be able to walk away with the win in this game and get their first uh playoff berth in 18 years Sweet. And another thing I forgot to mention real quick, and this kind of goes into the camp of the Browns are going to find a way to be the Cleveland Browns. They haven't been able to practice at all this week. Everything is done through virtual Zoom meetings because I believe there was another player on the practice squad that tested positive. Mm -hmm. uh, And out of abundance of caution, they shut everything down. I I think even today, uh, you know, Friday, New Year's Day. So. Who knows yeah. if they're even able to get a, a walkthrough in at this point. Well, listen, I think that's a great point to bring up, and I have it in my notes here because as the conversation was going to evolve, I was going to bring that up. But it, it was a little bit on the scary side to see the be- Killian Browns not practicing in the facility being shut down, and the fact they actually opened it up today and they can actually you know go through and do some uh, of their meetings uh, in person. It, it, it's actually uh, it's great, and I wonder what was going to happen. I was thinking, is the NFL going to cancel this game, or are they going to move it back a day? Like, what's going to happen here? Because if you move back a day and you play on Monday night, then you're in that window where it's like, all right, you want to give every team, you know, a full six days off or whatever it is. So I was, uh, looks like the NFL kind of dodged the bullet here to see what they were going to do if uh, if Miles Garrett couldn't, I'm sorry, if uh, if the Killing Browns couldn't pl- uh, practice this week. Hell, Roger Goodell probably called, uh, you know, <laughs> Brea, Ohio and said, listen, mm-hmm. you didn't have any more positive tests today. Yeah. You are going to have a walkthrough, even though maybe somebody did test positive. And that's just tinfoil hat. That's just banter at this point. <laughs> but I mean, it's so late in the game to try to have a week 18 at this point, you yeah. know, and especially with what they did to the, you know, the Denver Broncos and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and that whole situation, like they, they probably would have made Cleveland go out there with a wide receiver quarterback at this point. And, hey, we, we yeah. saw Jarvis Landry have a perfect quarterback rating. So, far this <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so why not? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so what? So are you guys looking out for that Miles Garrett versus Mason Rudolph matchup? Because I am. I mean, I want to see. I want to see just how many helmet swings we get. <laughs> Not really. I'm I don't think. I think. Stefanski, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Stefanski had the Scott had Garrett listed as a captain for yeah, I saw tomorrow. That. I, I think yep. it's really just playing to the media at this point. It's you know, it, whatever. It's gonna be. They're gonna be on usual. their best behavior. They're mm-hmm. gonna be on their best behavior. They're gonna be under a microscope. Nobody wants unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, especially when. Cleveland, in theory, is in the driver's seat against backups. Like, you yeah. have to win this game. There is no excuse at this point. Both teams yeah. are going to the playoffs. They're not going to risk any kind of supplemental discipline. Right. Uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna you know just play the game. Pittsburgh just wants to get out of there healthy at this point. So, yeah, th- yeah I don't see it going anywhere. Yeah, I, do you guys remember that, uh, that hit? Because oh, I... I, I was actually traveling for work and I was in Florida and I remember I had a long day. It was travel meetings, like dinner. And I was like, all right, I don't want to watch the rest of this game. I, I think Cleveland, you know, is going to end up, I'm sorry, the Steelers are going to end up winning this. And let me go ahead and go to sleep. I woke up the next day and I, I could not see, I could not believe what I saw. Like I was absolutely floored at seeing somebody essentially swing a, uh, a helmet at somebody else's head. Never yep. seen that before ever. 
No. Uh, Bill Romanowski was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that is saying something. That's yeah. Saying something. All right. Final hey, game. Hey, we're gonna... real, real quick before you get to the next game. Uh, this just came out from Adam Schefter. Mm-hmm. Um, Alvin Kamara for the yeah, Saints tested positive for COVID. So now, what is going to happen with that? With uh, the Saints trying to fight for that first uh, first round first round bye? Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I'm not that wor- as as harsh or you know naive as it sounds. I'm in a in an X's and O standpoint. I'm not that worried if Kamara's not able to go this week. You you have Latavius Murray. I was expecting Latavius Murray to to pick up a lot of the workload this week because he came off the injury report. He is a capable running back in the right spot and, and, and filling in a, re- a relief position. The real question is going to be what happens the following week if they don't get that first-round uh, playoff uh, spot, uh, they don't get that bye. Like, what are they going to do without Kamara in the wild-card weekend? That is something I would keep an eye on. But, I mean, for, for this week, Latavius Murray is capable, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Okay, um, and then finally, um, we've got the six and nine Washington football team against the Philadelphia Eagles at four ten and one. This is the eight twenty p.m. game, the the night game, and essentially it's very simple for the Washington football team. They win and they're in. Um, and uh, with that being said, Puma, who do y'all win this game? Now, before I get to that, looks like there's still some. Uh, you know, uh, is Alex Smith going to be starting for the Washington football team? Or is that still up in the air? That's still up in the air. He's on the injury report as questionable, along with uh, Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. Uh, Ron Rivera, he's come out this week and said that Alex Smith doesn't have to get a full practice in. It's really going to come down to how does he feel the following day after individual drills. Like, is he sore? Does he have swelling? Like, things along those, uh, those lines. Um, I personally, I bet this game. I got the, the Washington football team as one and a half point favorites uh but that line quickly moved along with the reports that not only are the eagles basically started sitting all of their starters uh Mm -hmm. but there were positive reports coming out that alex smith may start and you know let's be honest the drop off to taylor heineke compared to dwayne haskins when he got released wasn't that much so i mean they could lean on this defense i anticipate antonio gibson and terry mclaurin are going to try to grind it out and and win this game to go into the playoffs um, but with all that being said, Philadelphia is not starting anybody. Jalen Hurts is really the only starter that's going. Um, Miles Sanders is out. Dallas Goddard is out. Um, Fletcher Cox is out. Barnett is out. Deshaun Jackson is out. Like you know, they have nothing to play for. And you know, they're even if they had these guys going, they would have been making business decisions for the rest of the offseason. Yep. Let's just say. Um, so I think Washington rolls in this game. You know, this, this defensive front for the football team is legit. Chase Young is a stud, and uh, Montez Sweat is a, is a stud in his own, uh, own right as well, too. Jalen Hurts has had an issue of fumbles in a small sample size this season. And I think they can get after the quarterback, especially with this offensive line. So give me the Washington football team. Right now, if you were to bet them, they're three-and-a-half-point uh, three favorites. The over-under is at 44. I like the under in this game, and I like Washington laying the points right now. What do you got? Dude, Puma, I don't think you and I have ever agreed so much on this podcast. I don't think so either. I think we've Jeez. actually agreed more than Jay and I. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. No, I, I love what the Washington football team is doing on defense this year. Like you said, Sweat and, and, and Chase Young are absolute beasts. 
Philly's not playing anybody. Uh, I'll make this short. I, I agree with you. I like the under in this game. I think that uh, the points are going to be controlled, you know, knowing about knowing what we know about the Eagles benching players and, you know, the state of the injuries on the uh, offensive side of the ball for the uh, football team. You know, I like the under, and I'll take the points with Washington in this one. Listen, I think the Eagles are going to win this game, and, and hear me out. I think the quarterback position in Washington, obviously, it's it's really really bad right now. But I think Ron Rivera has to start. Uh, what's his name? Heineke? Heineken? Is that his name? Uh, well, if like you're a, gonna say it like Chase Young, it's Heineke. <laughs> Heineke. Now, the calf strain that Alex Smith has, it's not just a normal calf strain. That calf strain is due in part because I think a part of his calf was removed for that leg uh, surgery yep. he had, right? So mm-hmm. he's already at a disadvantage, and you know, God knows how long he can hold up. Um, so I think you got to start Heineke here because um, I think he gives you a really good shot at winning. Now, on the other side, the defense for the Washington Redskins, I'm sorry, Washington football team is absolutely phenomenal, man. That front seven, you know how much I love Chase Young. The guy's an absolute stud, um, but they can really cause some issues. I'm just going with my heart here, and I just think that Jalen Hurts is a baller. I like everything I've seen out of him. I mean, yeah, he had a couple of turnovers against the, the Cowboys the other night. Didn't look the best, but for the most part, I've been impressed with what I've seen out of him. And I'm just going to go with my heart here, man. Like, I don't have any other <laughs> rhyme or reason besides the fact that I like Jalen Hurts and the quarterback situation the Eagles have over the quarterback situation the Washington football team has at the moment. I'll say this about the Washington football team quarterback situation real quick. He was really close to starting last week against Carolina. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't so sore walking into that building, he would have started against Dwayne Haskins uh, over Dwayne Haskins. And uh, me personally, I'm not even saying this as a better that held that ticket. Dwayne Haskins was just absolutely brutal, and they they had to get away from their game plan uh, to to beat the to try to beat the Carolina Panthers. I think. He is going to be go, uh, a go this weekend, even if he is a bit sore. With everything on the line, their season on life support, winning you're in, I think you're going to see all these people that are questionable starting. And even if Terry McLaurin's out there on one leg just as a decoy, and that opens up Logan Thomas a bit more, or you get J.D. McKissick out of the backfield a bit more, like what they did against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think that is going to be the key to success in this game is being smart with the football, maybe playing the field position game a little bit more. And Alex Smith, for all of his knocks as being a game manager, is smart with the football. And I think that is going to be a key in this game to, to, to beat the, uh, the, the Eagles. Yeah. And uh, I think we might have lost Burge here, but I think we're close to the end of the podcast anyway. So, uh, Puma, I don't have much else to say. Do you want to wrap this up and we'll call it a day? Yeah, the only thing I got, real quick, just just betting wise, I personally just have these couple of games on the uh, the docket for for betting. Uh, like I said earlier, I got the Giants plus. Bird, you back? And a half. Yep. Yeah, I'm here. There he is. There he is. Sweet. Uh, yeah. So not to cut you off there, Puma, but Bird, we're just uh, we're just moving forward. We're ending the podcast. Uh, uh, essentially, Puma's going to give us some of his favorites betting lines this weekend. We're going to call it a day. Sounds good. Sweet. Uh, Giants, like I said earlier, I got the Giants at one and a half points, uh, point underdogs. I also put money down on the money line versus the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Washington football team, I got them at uh, one and a half point favorites. That's now up to three and a half. Wouldn't be surprised that moves up a bit more. And I also took the under in the football team's game against the Eagles. I got it at 43 and a half. It moved up to 44, I believe. I still like the under in this game. 
the Chicago Bears on the road against Green Bay, winning your in. I have the Chicago Bears at least covering this game, covering the five and a half points. I wouldn't be that surprised if maybe they squeak by with a win. Uh, just because they, they've been playing hot as of late. This team looks a bit better under Mitch Trubisky, which is really saying something for the state of the quarterback position in Chicago. And at the risk of starting a debate, I also took the New York Jets plus three points versus the New England Patriots. There hasn't been anything. <laughs> there hasn't been much uh, to see to warrant the, the Pats being three-point favorites. Uh, the Jets have been playing hard the last couple of weeks. They're out of the Trevor Warren sweepstakes. They have really nothing to gain. They're locked in at the two, the, the number two pick. I think they, uh, they cover the three points. I think they actually win outright. And I did not bet this game. I thought I did, but apparently uh, I forgot to hit submit bet. But I like the Denver Broncos plus three against the Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas. Um, Jerry, Drew, Jerry Judy had a couple of uh, brutal drops last week. They left a lot of points in the field. I think they covered the three points easily against the Raiders, which had a, a, a malfunction versus my Miami Dolphins last week. So I like Denver to, to cover the three, and I wouldn't be surprised if they went out right. Puma, I am not going to pick a fight with you. I think there's a good chance the Patriots lose on Sunday against the Jets. I am emotionally getting myself ready for that loss. You know, I'm just going to tell myself, don't overreact, Jay. You know what's going to happen going into this game. Just, you know, if we lose, just, just chill out. You're emotionally ready, you know. So I'm not going to pick a fight with you, man. There's a good chance we might lose that game. I hope they lose that game. There's no, there's nothing good that can come from them winning it. Oh, now you want them to lose games when we could have been losing games like a week, four weeks ago, and they could have helped oh. the draft stock. It's out? the last game of the year. It's the last oh, game of the year. God. It's the last game of the year. Who cares? Who cares? We're gonna get to see Cam Newton play his last game in New England. That's all I care That's, about. Uh, amen to that, brother. I, I cannot see another year of that. <laughs> nope, absolutely uh, not. Maybe, maybe Belichick's doing a little bit of scouting for Sam Darnold. Ooh. Hey, he was oh, he was he was talking him up. He was talking him up this week. Hey, he was also talking up Adam Gates. So I know. Maybe Adam I know. Gates is gonna find his way on your coaching staff. Hey, he might. Hey, he could well, be he an might. assistant. He he, he could be an assistant. He was a pretty good offensive coordinator with uh, right, the bar. Is not that high no, when you're that, yeah, when you're exactly. coordinating with a Hall of Famer and Peyton Manning. He essentially got Peyton. He essentially got Peyton Manning's coffee every morning. Like I I don't no I don't buy into that. You know when you have a Patrick Mahomes or a Tom Brady or a or a Peyton Manning, I mean, it is what it is as an offensive coordinator. So, so you don't buy the hype about Josh McDaniels then? I do not. Absolutely not. Okay. No. Okay. I mean, he went away and he would draft Tim Tebow and he looked like ass in Denver. He won a playoff game. He won a playoff game. Oh, my God. Here we fucking go. <laughs> Uh, I do, but I do think I do think there's some validity to that argument that Adam Gase might find his way to New England because I do believe that Josh McDaniels is going to end up with that Chargers job you think? Uh, or another. I do believe so. Yeah, so I think uh, I think we might be in for a new offensive coordinator in New England. Uh, I won't hate it. Yeah. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are those are my bets. Let's uh, let's hopefully cash some tickets this week. Yeah. All right, Puma. That's all I got, man. Uh, Bird, you want to get anything else off your chest before we plug it up? I could get a lot off, but for another day. All right. <laughs> it's all you, Puma. All right. On that note, we're getting the hell out of here so Jay can uh, edit and watch his uh, Buckeyes. Tonight. Speaking of which, speaking of which, I am I am also emotionally prepared to, to see the Buckeyes lose this game tonight. I mean, we are nowhere <laughs> near as good as we were last year, uh, and I think it's going to get a little ugly for the Buckeyes. So, you know, between, between 8 and 12, you probably won't hear much from me because I'll be uh, – 
you know, I'll be crying a little bit. <laughs> have you, have so you calmed down your welfare uh... checks every hour? Or what? Yeah. <laughs> you might, you might want to do that. You might want to do that. And listen, have... I, I know, I know, I know I get painted to be a homer here, but I try to be sometimes rational. I, I do think, I do think the Buckeyes are going to lose tonight. It's not going to be good. Have you calmed your takes about Justin Fields in the NFL? Or do you still think he's uh, a legit top well, talent? Well, Burge, if you're listening, the last four weeks I said that Justin Fields has dropped in my book. I think he has looked really, really bad. Well, um, just wanted to get it on record. Well, I, I, I said, quick, I said it like quick. seven times. I said it like seven times already. Re- before we get off the rails of <laughs> Justin Fields, Jay, real quick to the people that are listening and maybe they, no. they, they tune in real quick or they can listen after the fact and see what your thoughts were. Uh, for game preview, like, can you give us a, a quick hit on the Ohio State matchup tonight? Like, what? What? what Here's do you, the issue. What, what do you have? The issue is our defense is nowhere near as good as it was last year. That secondary is torchable. And if Trevor Lawrence had such an easy time moving the ball last year against us with Chase Young and Damon Ornette and all that, all those uh, uh, playoff player and uh, NFL players on that secondary, this year it's gonna be it's gonna be so much more easier for him. So we can't get consistent pressure on Trevor Lawrence. The secondary is hit or miss. So I think Clemson is gonna move the ball fairly easily and put up probably 35 uh, to 31 points on us. The, I think the other issue is Justin Field has also regressed for the last like four to five weeks. Like he's become that guy that essentially holds on to the ball for way too long. He's a one read guy. You know the stop and start of the season has fucked with his uh, with play because essentially if he if he's played all like eight games in a row, I do think he'll be in a better groove right now. But the fact that they stopped and start it, it kind of really fucks with his play and he holds the ball on for way too long. So I think at the end of the day, it's going to be like a thirty four twenty four kind of win for the Clemson Tigers. And and, and 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 right now Mac Jones for me is rising because he has looked he has looked really good so far in this game against the Notre Dame uh, Fighting Irish, um, and if he keeps continuing this, it might be he might play himself into a fairly high top ten uh, draft pick. Uh, now obviously you always got to put a disclaimer out there. He's playing in Alabama. He essentially has an NFL team around him, so you can't really tell if he's that great or if it's the wide receivers that are that good or the offensive line or blah, blah blah. But I do like Mac Jones. What I've seen out of him so far. Gotcha. Well, real quick to follow up to that, and I swear to God, I'm going to plug it up. But That's like, right. if you if you had to rank the the quarterbacks going into this draft, I mean, we saw Kyle I think Trask we saw apart. BYU already yeah. play. Like, you know, what what do you have in the pecking Dude, order for, I, I for think, the quarterback class? I think I got Trevor Lawrence one. I got Mac Jones two. I got Zach Wilson three. Justin mm. Justin Fields four. And Kyle Trask for me with his horrific performance of three interceptions the other night. That was that was an eye opener for me, man. Um, now, granted, he had a lot. Of, uh, he had like Kyle Pitts wasn't playing, and a couple of his receivers weren't playing. I understand that as well. But he looked pretty bad. So I think the way I see it right now, it's the is that Justin Fields will be the fourth one off the board, and Mac Jones' uh, stock is rising for me. So Zach Wilson rose that high. So we're you think the the evaluators are gonna brush aside the the Coastal Carolina performance? Yeah, I think so, man. I think there's like this love for Zach Wilson. Um, I think there's uh, you're starting to hear a little bit of the negativity around Zach Wilson. Um, it's starting to come out, so we'll see how that narrative plays out. But I do think with how bad Justin Fields has played, uh, Zach Wilson can take advantage of that. Now, if Justin Fields goes out and lights it up tonight and wins, and he lights it up in the national championship game, then his stock's gonna rise again. He'll probably end up being in the uh, the number two seed after uh, he'll be the number two quarterback taken after Trevor Lawrence because if uh, Justin Fields beats uh, Alabama and has a good showing against Mac Jones, he'll probably back to number two. So last, that's we played out in the next week and a half. Um, but right now, if you had to ask me, I think I'll have Mac Jones number two. All right. 
Burge, you, you buy that kind of ranking? I know we're not in touch with college as much as Jay is, but what, what do you think? Do you, I know you are kind of uh, not buying the Justin Fields stock, but do you would you have him as the fourth guy off the board or, or a little higher? No, I, I, I would agree with that. The, Kyle Trask's performance in, that, in his last game there was not strong with those interceptions, and I, I'm just I'm not sold on any Ohio State quarterback uh, coming into That's the NFL. That's the dumbest argument possible. That's I so mean, dumb. They because because I can I, I can send it back to you and be like, show me a a guy from uh, North Dakota State that's pan out in the NFL, right? I mean, at oh. the end of the day, you have you have Carson Wentz who didn't pan out, but now you have uh, Trey Lance who might be a top five pick in some people's eyes. So like, that's just a dumb argument. That's just when it comes to college football and college players, you've got to look at who they are. It doesn't matter where they play, where are their attributes, can they produce in the NFL, and that's bigger than anything else. Well, they've had their Heisman winners come out, and they've 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 done nothing. So like, Troy Smith comes to mind. And okay. uh, Terrell Pryor is another one. You know, they come out and they don't, they don't, they don't translate to the NFL. And I don't know if it's just a system that they that they run there or what. But well, I can just, say that about ninety. I can say that about ninety well, percent of the of the of the college programs in the NFL. I mean, in college football. I mean, people out of Florida, Tim Tebow was was not that good in the NFL. I mean, like that's just that's just easy and it's lazy. You've got to look at an <laughs> each player. You've got to look at each player for its attributes, man. Well, I, like I said, I'm not plugged into the college game, so when I'm looking at it, I'm being lazy and, and looking at it from that perspective. And well, I should admit it. <laughs> I, 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 I do admit it. I don't, I don't follow college football at all. Perhaps I should start getting into it. I, I, I just, I, I like focusing on the, on the NFL. And well, where did Garoppolo and what's his face, uh, Tony Romo, come from? Eastern Illinois is that the the small yep. school? So no, yep. what Eastern Illinois produces more talent than these other schools? Like, I mean, absolutely. It's just, it's just, it's, you've got. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna say dumb shit like that, then I got I got no response. I, you, you, I, I got no response to you. It's just me, me as a somebody who doesn't pay attention to it, looking at it just real quick, not being in depth on it. That's 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 where I come from. That being said, you can make the argue, the same argument towards me about Alabama, but I want Mac Jones with the Patriots. So go ahead, lay it into me. Yeah, listen, no, I already said that. I mean, I think Mac Jones is the number two quarterback right now at this moment, the way he's playing. Um, now, obviously, that could change if Justin Fields has some some great performances, but I don't I don't see it. I don't see him uh, fixing some of those issues he's showed the last four or five weeks. But you're right. I'll agree with that. Mac Jones right now does look really good. Sweet. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same camp. I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest believer in Ohio State quarterbacks either, but I still think, I, I still think we're, irregardless of, and I don't even know if that's a word, but. Uh, irregardless of the fact of what happens tonight, what the outcome is, I, I still think he'll probably be the, the number two quarterback off the board. I just don't think he's going to go to the Jets. Um, but Zach Wilson, I think he's probably at, at the number three spot at that point, and then everything else falls into place. And I, I think Zach, not Zach Wilson, but Trey Lance may be on the outside looking in just because we haven't had that much of a sample size from him mm-hmm. in the one game that he did play this year. He didn't really look particularly great from what I saw in highlights. And I know a lot can be said about, oh, well, reading the box score doesn't say the same as what the game flow was. But if you just look at the box score and the highlights, he didn't particularly light up the stat sheet. So at that point, you're just taking him on his potential. And I think he could probably be a second-round pick at that point. But um, and a, a, no, a lot of no. arguments can be made for Alabama and Ohio State. I mean, I've been on this podcast saying for the longest time that I wasn't a fan. Even as a Dolphins fan, I wasn't that high on Tua being taken mm-hmm. at number five just because the only quarterback that ever succeeded in the NFL from Alabama was Joe Willie Namath, and that was in the 70s. Yep. So that's where I fall with Alabama yeah. quarterbacks. 
And uh, to since we're on the topic, uh, Adam Schefter tweeted out that BYU uh, quarterback Zach Wilson officially announced his declaring for the 2021 NFL Draft. So obviously no surprise there, but now it's official that he's going to be in the NFL Draft. Oh, look at that. Hopefully ain't Mansell 2.0. Uh, I, I, there, there's some rumblings about that, man. There's some serious questions about his off the field, uh, off the field um, issues. Now, the one guy that nobody's talking about, but Sam Ellinger out of Texas, he kind of fell off because Texas had a a bad year. He's a quarterback for those guys. He was like a Heisman hopeful before the year started, but because of just how bad Texas was, he kind of fell off the map. I do like I do like Sam Ellinger's uh, body type. He's a fairly big guy. He's fairly muscular. He's fairly tall. He has a, he has a strong arm. Um, there's some issues with um, his uh, his accuracy at times um, but other than that I think he is a very very good leader he has some great intangibles um, he's a guy that whoever ends up with Sam Ellinger um, is going to be happy with he's the kind of guy that's going to Jalen Hurts to the draft where you can probably get him later on in, in day two maybe um, but he'll do some uh, some wonders for you if you let him develop a little bit you take him over Kellen Mond out of a you know what I, I think I will I, I think I will I do like uh, Ellinger's intangibles way more than uh, Kellen's out of a, a- A&M Okay. Yeah. I think it's close. I might lean a little bit more Bond uh, mm-hmm. out of those two, but again, that might just be because of where the where A and M ranks in the yeah. rankings compared to, mm-hmm. to Texas. But, and I, I'm not the biggest Texas yeah. fan in the first place. Yeah, uh, and, so and that's the reason why Sam Ellinger is going to be an absolute steal for somebody in the draft because those guys imploded this year. Texas was going to be one of those teams that had playoff, you know, hopes this year, and Ellinger was a high Heisman's odds favorite as well. So. Um, somebody's going to find him deep in the draft and, you know, they're going to find a steal. And when I mean deep, it's like a second or third rounder is deep for a quarterback. All right. Sweet. Put it on the board. Put it on the board. We'll do early draft prep and some uh, yeah. little insider bets at this point. Um, but on that note, if you guys are good, I'm just going to plug it up. Go for it. Giddy up. All right, sweet. All right, so uh, this episode and previous ones of the Pro Football Radio podcast can be found on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Google Podcast, Stitcher, uh, YouTube under Pro Football Radio Podcast. Uh, social media wise, Facebook and Instagram at Pro Football Radio Podcast. Twitter at PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter machine, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima's at Jay Chima. Our senior insider, senior contributor. Eric Burgess, a.k.a. The Burge, is on the Twitter machine at Burge the Goalie. Like, subscribe, download, hit us up on social media. I believe all of our DMs are open. If you want to send us a private message and hopefully no dick pics, you can do that as well, too. <laughs> Extra uh, dick pics. Otherwise, we're going to be going into the offseason pretty soon. Never thought we'd say this, but the playoffs are right around the corner, and we're going to need some, uh, some offseason filler at this point. So if you have any questions, want to do a little mailbag, if you try to bring it back as much as I've said it over the year, uh, definitely can do that. We want to tailor this show towards you guys. So definitely hit us up. Awesome. Well, listen, that's all I got. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Fire con Dios. Real quick, I got, I got to hit Freddie with something real quick. Freddie Soliotis, you're fired. Nice, nice. It gets better every time. Oh, yes. <laughs> See you guys. Peace.